0: Is the Zone Sports Network.
1: Back to Joe and he'll
0: flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, oh, oh, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jet. Single Bells. <laughs> Joe Ingles
2: Thunder. Gives it back to Joe Till the cop slams it in
0: And yes, for the record Joe wrote this introduction Thunder. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> With DJ and PK Who? On 97.5-1280 The Zone And The Zone Sports Network
2: DJ and PK It is time to welcome in Joe Ingles Joe, good morning Good morning
1: Joey, 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 Joey for three! Yes!
0: I couldn't understand any of that. You sounded like <laughs> you were drunk at a bar.
1: At 9.08 in the morning. You think I played for the Houston Rockets? What are you talking about?
0: Boom! There it is. <laughs> oh, boy. it been a long morning, fellas. <laughs>
2: Joe, we have so many questions. I'm curious. You seem to be piling up the, te- the technical fouls a little higher right now. You're just cutting loose. Just, you've been holding all this in all these years, You're just going to let it go. A t during the game, and you dropped the big one during the post-game Zoom session. You're just cutting loose, Joe.
0: I didn't drop anything. That, was, that was, The post-game was a, an honest mistake. That was a... You did know, react that way. Why.
2: Yeah, you did react that way. Oops.
0: i um, I've never sworn in my life.
2: You <laughs> um, swear you never
1: sworn?
0: <laughs> I swear, swear I've never sworn. Um, I actually, I, the possession, I, I actually, it sounds very stupid because it costs money, but I was trying to get a technical on the first possession. Because uh, I can't remember who the player was, whoever it was, drove down and smacked me in the face while, while he had the ball. And I was the referee was right there, and I was like, what are you like? What are you looking at? You can't like you can't smack someone in the face. It's not UFC. We're playing basketball. <laughs> and I so I like yelled at him all the way down the court as loud as I could and I I didn't swear but I used some uh, aggressive aggressive tones. Um and he didn't give me one. And then I a few, like a few predictions or whatever it was later, I, all I said to him was, like, not, like nothing. I like, kind of laughed and said, like, something about the call. And I didn't swear, and he teed me up for that. So I was like, I had forgotten about it. I, I got over it, but it is what it is.
1: Do you know what you can get away with or can't get away with based on who the referee is?
0: For sure. Um, and not necessarily like, who they are or or how they referee, but just, I mean, I don't know how their schedule works, but you you obviously have some referees more than others, and um, I think in general, like, in general life, you just kind of get along with some people better than others, and there's some guys I know that I can joke around with or maybe talk a bit more aggressively or ask a question... Kind of more to the point where some you have to like kind of beat around the bush to like get to the point you want to get to, so um, yeah, I mean, it's just I, I, a lot of general life, like you, some guys I, I know well, and I, th- and I think a part of them as well, like they have to know you I, by now, and things, um, and yeah. I mean, it's all part of the game. Renee just won't be able to uh go shopping this week.
2: <laughs> you're out of money. Okay. Good one. <laughs> Dude, you're
1: underpaid, man. Fifty percent from three. Renegotiate. I <laughs> know, where's
0: Dennis? Get Dennis on the hovel. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> No, I'm very uh i'm doing i'm doing very well i'm happy yeah i'm not going to complain about that or loss
2: so uh i'm curious as we see you talking and now you know people are used to hearing you on the radio and they know we've asked you about you know certain interactions you've had with fans or opposing players or uh, coaches or refs or whatever. And so I do get a pretty steady stream now. I've asked Joe about this or that. But the thing we've never talked to you about and I'm curious about is when you're yapping at other players, and it seemed like in Houston you were yapping at other players, hitting some threes early in the game. But I'm curious how often you started and how often other people yap at you and you're kind of, and then you hit a three and you yap back at them. Are you starting all of this or are there other guys who are, are talking to you and get the ball rolling?
0: Um. I don't know what the percentage would be, but it would be close to probably like 50-50. Um, there's obviously um, no word of a lie that I don't mind talking and obviously having having fun with it and, and kind of enjoying it. And then, um, yeah, I mean, there's times that stuff comes to me and I'm like, perfect, exactly what I needed right now. <laughs> hmm. um, like the other game a few weeks ago or whenever it was. Um but, yeah, I mean, as last night was a bit different. I mean, having, I really wanted to talk to the bench the whole time because I wanted to yell at, like, Garner and Dante and um, my Australian assistant coach is actually um, on the front of the bench for Houston as well. So there's a few guys over there I knew and um, I wasn't really over on that side of the court too much. But, um, yeah, a little, like a little, probably a little bit, probably 50-50,
1: this three-point shooting obviously is impressive and it's gotten better as you've been in the league now. I'm wondering, going back, because you were a professional for, what, eight, nine, ten years before you came to the NBA, were you known as a three-point shooter or is this something you've developed since you've been in this league?
0: Oh, there's that question It's taken a, a leap or strides or whatever. Um, I always felt, I've kind of said it before, Like I always felt like I was kind of, like, good at everything, but I wasn't... I was never great at anything. Um, Like, I could shoot a little bit, but I was streaky. I could play pick and roll, but I was, like, turnover prone a little bit. I could play pick and roll and I could finish a little bit. Like, my defense would be good and then it would be bad. Um, And I think part of the... Especially the offensive end in the NBA, like, I mean, I've got my own coach. Like, (laughs) I can call... Ryan Bailey now and say I want to go get shots up if I want and he'll come in and rebound for me in Europe or in the NBL when I was there like we had two maybe three coaches for 12 to 15 players so that personal development or individual development is so much harder to do there because you it, it's just not the, the, the amount like numbers of, of coaches to be able to really do it if you want to shoot pre or post game or pre or post practice so you are usually doing it with a group of guys, so you might have four of you there, and you're all shooting, so you're getting forty shots instead of three hundred. Um, so I think the like the just the consistency of me being able to go in and, and work on my game, and, and and I think it's why you see so many NBA players develop and and become like some people say so surprising, or they're so surprised that player X is so much better this year at. at whatever, finishing with his right hand, well, like, he probably works on it every day with his coach. Like, it's, it's so much easier to... You know, obviously, if you're committed and, and, and want to get better, it's so much easier to, to do that when you've got someone you can call on at kind of any point, any time you want. Um, I did say to Bailey last night, we didn't land till... We landed at like 1.30 this morning, and I said to Bailey, as we're getting off the plane, it's like, 6 o'clock shooting tomorrow... And he was like, "Hell nah, so, <laughs> I know, I know he won't come in that early, but he'll come in basically whenever I ask him." So, I think I think that honestly plays a, a massive part in it because you just get to to really kind of hone in on things that. I mean, we've talked about it, every off season. I've tried to do like add like one new thing to my package or one new or get better at one thing that I wasn't good at last year that a team scouted for me and. They were floaters, they were the ball fake, they were shooting going right to my right, all all those things. Uh, um, It makes it very easy when the convenience of of coaches and facilities and all that are are so accessible.
2: Joe Ingalls joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So Mike Conley in his post-game Zoom session was asked about Uh, your production going up when either Mike was out of the lineup or Donovan was and then going down if both those guys were back and he kind of giggled and said Joe and I were just talking about that (laughs) and you're giggling now just like he was.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we are. Mike and I have a bit of a, I don't even know what you call it, but we would joke about the fact that (laughs) like if he was out, I would play well or if I was out he would play really well but we couldn't like we were never great or hadn't been like like we would play better obviously like when one of the guy, when each other was out but then when we were both in we just couldn't make it I wouldn't say we were playing we were playing bad or anything like that but not to the level that we were in. and it's I mean some of it's very obvious like Mike's our starting point guard and has the ball more and when he's out I have the ball like there's some very obvious things but we've actually made a and and it's not as effective as we can when we're both out there and uh, I think we both realise at different times of the games that we can both handle and off the ball, he can get me off the ball, we can obviously both space the floor for each other and um, the last few games we've we were we were laughing about it because we were kind of saying like oh fi-, like finally we were both out there and we were both able to be um, both able to play well and obviously we won and um, I mean the obvious factors we've got to throw Donovan back in too so <laughs> um, but no it's just a, it, it was a bit of fun um, it obviously shows with our record that neither of us have to be superstars at the same time what one of us can not play as well as the other we've got so many weapons so yeah just a bit of a, a running joke between uh myself and mike
1: so last time we talked to you joe the jazz has some big news with bringing Dwayne wade aboard on that there's uh, multiple uh, minority owners including one from your own country what do you think this means to the jazz to bring somebody like a Dwayne wade in as at least a somewhat of a part ownership
0: I mean, it's it's massive. I think. I think um, for him, uh, I think he said it to the media, or someone had asked him about it, or whatever it was. But I mean, if he wanted to go and buy into basically any team, I think basically any team would have taken him. There's no question that um, if a if a guy of, of of that stature and what he's done in his career and the the presence that he brings. Um, it was funny. Elijah Hughes, our young guy, was like, I can't believe like, he was one of my favorite players growing up. And now he's like, quote unquote, really like paying his bills to a certain extent. He's paying his salary for a part or part of his salary, however, whatever much uh, he, he bought in for, which is, it's pretty crazy because I mean, I even to like when I first got in the league, I was playing against him. Like we, we got to play against this guy. And However long later you want to say, a couple of years later, he's. I think he re- retired two years ago. Now mm-hmm. this is yeah. second year. Um, he's part owner of an, of an NBA team who just got sold for a very uh, big number. So um, I, I think it's awesome for our organisation. I think it's awesome for, for, for Salt Lake City and Utah itself. Um, the the off court stuff with the, the social justice and the, everything that Ryan Smith is. Talked about wanting to do and, and all that. Dwayne Wade, uh, a massive advocate for all of those things as well. So I think that brings a, a another um, another voice and, and all that from a, a very high level. But I, um, I mean, I, if you think about, it, I don't think there's like you can't even you couldn't even mention it a negative about it. So um, yeah, it was really cool to to kind of see him and hang out with him for the the couple of days he was here and. Um, Obviously, we'll be be seeing him a lot more. I think he's based in LA now, um, so we'll, he's right around the corner, and uh, we'll, we'll be seeing him a lot more. So it's exciting for, for, for all of us.
2: So does he come to practice? Does he hang out in the locker room on game nights? I mean, it's a very small sample size, and I get that. But how, how much were you interacting with him in the in the last week?
0: Yeah, well, I think we we saw him. Um, or Ryan announced it to us the day, or a few days, whatever, a few days before that. that it was happening um, just so that we didn't have to read about it from uh, your Twitter account with 35 followers um, then uh, he obviously came to that whichever game it was the Indiana game I think it was um, yeah. so he was obviously around the locker room a little bit um, was in the, the post game meeting um, so he was around guys were able to talk to him he was he was very accessible to to questions and, and all that I I do have some some questions for him at some point when we get a minute, it. so it'll be, um, yeah. I mean, I feel like r- regardless of who you are, where you are, I think he'll be ac- as as accessible as he can in in terms of questions and media and, and doing all that. He, he's done it his, his basically his whole life, so I don't think that'll change. So, it's a, like I said, it's a it's a really cool um, thing for us all to to have and to be able to years in terms of of what he's been through. He's, I mean, he's a, he's a champion. He's he's one at the highest level. So it's, um, yeah, it's a it's exciting times.
1: And a lot of it was uh, from the jazz fan perspective, and that's who we talk to every day. It's like, oh, here's an African-American who's going to help us bring in African-Americans because Salt Lake is viewed as a place where they're not comfortable and they not would not want to be interested in. And I've always thought about, yeah, I've always questioned that because we've been here, we've been doing the show for almost 20 years, and we've a lot of former players have come back and they're African-Americans and say they loved it here. Carlos Boozer, who didn't leave on the best terms, said, says that he liked it here and it was a good place so I always felt like that was overblown now that you've been here for a good long while and been a real important part of the community and you're obviously you're a Caucasian guy but what's your perspective as far as what you see as far as do they need somebody like Dwayne Wade to help them get black players in or is this place already so a place where they would want to be
0: um, I mean, I was, it's funny because I and I've said this before to you guys. I think like I, I never even knew where Salt Lake was. Like when I was on the plane going to the Clippers um, or from the Clippers to LA to, to Salt Lake, oh, I had to look up like how long my flight was, where I was flying. I, I just didn't. Growing up in Australia, it wasn't a destination that I thought I would ever. It's like the LA is New York, Chicago, the, the biggest cities and. um, since obviously since being here, I think, uh, and uh, I mean, I think it's fairly well, like uh, originally when I got seven years ago, when I got here, it it was, it was viewed difficult or hard or whatever the reasoning was to get an African-American player, or a a black athlete, whoever, whatever you, um, whatever you want to say, but like it was, it was more, it was more difficult. uh, I think people, I don't know, Especially early on, like I don't know where that view came from. I don't know how it started. You know, maybe it started back in the day, like who knows? Um, that's probably a a longer story to have. But I think as our teams got better and players have come, we've been we've a crew, we, we obviously drafted some and drafted Donovan and, and guys like that, but Mike Conley didn't necessarily chew we traded for him, but he he could have easily said he didn't want to come.
2: Well, sounds like we just lost Joe right there, but I get where we were going with that. Doc will try to reconnect him there. Let me finish that thought. We were just about out of time with Joe anyway.
1: And if, if Dwayne Wade can help break down, even if it's just a little bit of a barrier, see,
2: it's I think, awesome. And I see I think that's where I think that's where it is there's and we've been over this on free agency, you know, everybody's situation is individual. To say, you know, guys, group acts, you know, African-American players who grew up in the U.S. And money matters, playing times matter, prior relationships with teammates or coaches matter, so you got to factor all that in. Joe, we lost you right there. You were just saying Mike Conley easily could not have come and then it just dropped.
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened. I think uh, you guys need to upgrade your phone service over there. (laughs) Um, But no, and I I just don't think, I think you were kind of saying it then maybe towards the end of that, but it just wasn't a destination I don't think for for the I, I was having a conversation with someone one time here and they'd said that they I can't remember who the player was but it was African-American player and he went to do clinics and whatever like junior jazz or whatever mm-hmm. it was out out in out in like a little while out and it was kids and and adults and saying that they were he, this guy was the first black like, person they'd seen in person they'd watched <laughs> a game before or, or TV or whatever but it was the first. And he was, like, kind of caught back by it just because, like, obviously it's – I think at some point for all of us, we've all <laughs> interacted in some way. So I think there was probably some – I don't even know if they're stereotypes or not, but some things about Salt Lake that, that people didn't want to come. And we've always said – like, we've said as as our family, Renee and I, and, and guys now talk about in our team, like, once you get to Salt Lake, it's I think it's very different to what you people sometimes perceive from from either not coming here or or just visiting. Um, living here seven years now, like it's it's a it's a pretty cool place. It's a special place. But um, yeah, I mean, if if Dwayne Wade sitting on the phone to to player whoever and and that helps us get someone, <laughs> I'll take it any day of the week. But yeah. um, I think with With what Ryan's doing and building, I don't think, um, regardless of of skin color, race, anything like that, uh, religion, whatever it is, I think think Salt Lake's a a place that that guys would want to come to.
2: Joe, as always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again after your next technical foul.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll make sure. I'm not getting another one. Renee wasn't too happy with me this morning. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) All right. Say say hi to Renee and the kids for us. I, I shall. All right. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, guys. All right. There's Joe Ingles. He joins us every week here. Renee tell him to dial it back on the technical fouls. I know. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. But it's, it's true what he says about, you know, it's, the league's so international, and depending on where you grow up, you know, well, why would you think about Salt Lake City? I mean, certainly for the international players, but even for the U.S. players who grow up on the East Coast, think how many towns back east that people in the West don't necessarily think about or go to or have any idea, you know, pick a random city, you know? Have you sure. Ever, have you ever I been understand
1: to, all that. But when it's presented with the opportunity, uh, uh, and if Dwayne Wade can help you yep. realize that this is a great opportunity, that's all we're asking for is just have a shot, and then the player decides. Because if you have a shot – you're, you're going to get some of them, and they're going to be happy here like so many of them have.
2: All right, coming up, Craig Jack is going to join us, and we'll talk uh, talk jazz with Bowler. He had the pleasure of uh, calling that blowout, and he, he might have a couple more in front of him. We'll have to see how that plays out. We'll talk with Bowler coming up next. Stay with us.